The following audio is from City Rev Church. For more information about City Rev Church, visit us online at cityrev.org. You can join us live Saturday nights at 6 p.m., Sunday mornings at 9, 10.30, or 12, or you can join us online at cityrev.org. Well, as I was thinking about the passage we're going to take a look at today, um, it's going to be in John chapter 1. As I was thinking about that, I was reminded of this toy that I had when I was a kid. It's this old-fashioned toy. It looks like this, okay? And maybe some of you already know, some of you will be like, I've never seen that before in my life. But some of you are going to be like, oh, I had one of those, okay? And the cool thing that this toy does is uh, when you tilt the top one over, just the, it kind of like flows down like that, okay? So if I do it again... And it's just like, it's like an old school, like fidget toy. So this is like a couple hundred years old. So for sure, they, historians have documented this toy, like from the 1800s, like 200 years old. But some even believe this toy goes back even to ancient Egypt because it's just so, it's kind of mesmerizing. Okay. You can just kind of sit there and just do it like all day watching these little, these little uh, pieces of wood just flow down. Um, and, and here's the thing. This is actually called a Jacob's Ladder. That's what this is called, a Jacob's Ladder. And you say, why is that called a Jacob's Ladder? Because it actually comes from a passage all the way back in the book of Genesis. In G- Genesis chapter 28, there's this story where this guy named Jacob, Abraham has a son named Isaac, has a son named Jacob. And this guy, Jacob, his soul is just so restless, okay? And he's just constantly, he's He's just craving and seeking and scratching and clawing and deceiving to get something to fill his soul, okay? And he's, he gets sent out by his father. He goes to a land where his relatives are, and he's in pursuit of a wife, in pursuit of a bride. And there's a few moments that God just meets with Jacob and tries to breathe rest into his soul, which is just so restless all the time. And this one moment, he has this dream. And he, he, he's laying down, he's, he's been traveling, he's kind of in the wilderness, he's, got his, he's laying on a rock for a pillow, and all of a sudden he has this dream that this staircase or this ladder comes down from heaven, and he sees angels ascending and descending on that ladder, okay? That's the, the picture he has, so you can see why this might be called a Jacob's Ladder, because you've got these little wooden pieces that are kind of always kind of coming down. You know, it seems like, you know, how does this one stay at the top, but the other ones are going down? It's kind of this little weird little toy with things going up and down. And um, that's why it's called a Jacob's Ladder. It's just kind of, you, you think about that moment. But in this moment with Jacob, God just breathes into him and he gets just this window. His soul gets this window of rest, this, this moment of rest that God is starting to work in him and help him find rest, this guy, Jacob. And I just wanted to put that thought about Jacob's Ladder in, in your brain. We're going to come back to that in, in this text. It's going to reference that. But here's what this scripture is going to speak to us, because I think probably all of us to some degree can relate to this. Deep inside our souls, man, they're craving something. Like each one of us, there's something down deep in the deepest parts of our souls and our hearts. It's clawing for something. It's after something, you know, and maybe you have the self-awareness to know exactly what that is. You're like, look, I know for me, I just, I just want to be accepted. I want to be, I want to be liked. And man, I, I want to, I want to have friends. I, I want to be appreciated. I want to feel like I'm beautiful. I want to feel like I'm significant. Or maybe for you, you say, you know, the thing I'm after is I'm after success, 
or, or I'm after one romantic relationship after the next. I'm trying to find that special person that's going to make me feel valuable. Each one of us deep inside, we've got something we're after. Maybe for you, you, you say, you know, I've got to work my way up the chain in the career that I'm in. If I can get that one level, then I'll feel like my soul's got what it's craving. Maybe it's, I've got a, it's this amount of wealth. Once I get this amount of wealth, then I'll feel like I've arrived, I've, I've, I've achieved it. See, all of us have this space in our soul deep down. It's craving for something. And this text is going to speak to that because that is exhausting. It's exhausting to have a restless, craving soul. And this scripture is going to speak to finding it, what our soul is craving for. I want you to take a look at John chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 43. This is just a beautiful part of the Bible. I just love this story. I want you to see this. John chapter 1, verse 43. Here's what it says. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. All right, I want to pause there for a second in this story and just talk to you a little bit about what this is saying. First of all, uh, you've got Jesus and the way they're kind of computing Jesus in this time period is they're seeing Jesus as a rabbi. And so Jesus has this phrase that just kind of blows their paradigm up of a rabbi. He, as a rabbi, is going around and he's starting to teach and he's starting to get, people starting to hear about him, they're talking about him, he's starting to become well-known. And as he's traveling around Jesus, he looks at a few of these people and he looks at them and he says this phrase, and all four of the gospels capture this phrase. It was a, it was a famous phrase of Jesus. He'd look at particular individuals and he would say, follow me, I want you to become my disciple." Now, here's what blows up their paradigm about a rabbi. Rabbis did not do that. Rabbis would go around and they would teach and disciples would choose to follow them. They wouldn't choose their disciples. Jesus is the rabbi that goes out after those and he selects them. Here's Philip. He is the one that calls Philip to follow him. But here's what I want you to see. I love this text because look how it's worded. He says, he went and found Philip. You see how intentional that is? Here you have Jesus and he's like, hey, um, you, guys, you guys know where Philip is? I need to find Philip. Um, have you, you guys seen Philip? He's looking for Philip over here. And he goes and he finds Philip and he says, follow me. That's how intentional. He has Philip in his mind to follow him. And then here's what it says. It says, then Philip goes and uses the same word again. This word is used three times in just a few short verses. Jesus finds Philip. Then Philip goes and finds Nathaniel. He says, Man, Nathaniel, and then look what he says. He says, we have found the one that all the scriptures talk about. So Jesus finds Philip. Philip finds Nathaniel, and Nathaniel, and Philip says to Nathaniel, we have found Jesus. Now time out for a second. Did Philip find Jesus? No, Jesus found Philip. He says to uh, Nathaniel, we have found the one that all Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote about. Now, what does he mean by that here? So um, at this time, 
their entire scripture is the Old Testament, right? Because the New Testament is unfolding. So they, that's not written yet because it's happening. So they, their entire scripture is the, what we call the Old Testament. And often when they refer to the Old Testament, they refer to it as the law and the prophets or Moses and the prophets. That's how they, they summarize the entire Old Testament or the scriptures uh, at that time. And what he says is, I found the one we've been waiting for, the one that all of the scriptures, all the law and the prophets, all Moses and the prophets, all of the Old Testament talks about. What they knew is that all of the Old Testament was pointing forward to the Messiah. Now, if we believe Jesus is the Messiah, then what what does that mean? I mean, how does the Old Testament point to Jesus? Well, let me just give you a couple examples. Let's go all the way back to Genesis chapter three. Adam and Eve sinned. They eat the forbidden fruit. Sin enters the world. It's the fall of the human race, the fall of, of humans. And right in that moment, Genesis chapter three, God says there will come one who will defeat God's enemy, sin and death, but he will be wounded in the process. Then we go a few chapters later in Exodus, we learn of a sacrificial lamb whose blood covers over God's people. And so death and judgment pass over his people. Then we learn about a a deliverer that we need from the book of of Judges, that we need a great deliverer. Then we find out this one that they're waiting for is going to be born in Bethlehem. That's Micah 5. That that one that we're waiting for is going to be born of a virgin. That's right there in Isaiah 7. We learn that he will actually be from the line of David. He will be a descendant of David and he he will sit on that throne forever. That's 2 Samuel 7. We learn that that king will also function from the line of David. That king will also function as a high priest, the conduit between us and God, and his name will be Yeshua. That's all in Zechariah 3. We learn that he will be pierced and striped to pay for our sin. That's Isaiah 53. We learn that even though he's going to die, he's not going to be, he's not going to stay dead. His body's not going to be corrupted by death. So he's going to come back from death. That's Psalm 16. We learn that on the, he will come up out of the depths of death on the third day. That's Jonah chapter two. All of the Old Testament is pointing towards the Messiah. And Philip goes to Nathaniel and says, the one that we've been waiting for this entire time, that the whole scripture, all of Moses and the prophets, the whole Old Testament has been pointing to this one Messiah and we have just found him. And then he says, it's Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. So here's what he's saying. It's not a concept. The, The Messiah, the Savior, The key that we're waiting for, it's not a concept, it's not an ideal, it's not a framework, it's not a system to live by. It is a person, an actual real person of history named Jesus. That's who this is that we've been waiting for. Now, uh, Nathaniel says, uh, okay, did you say Nazareth? He says, man, what good can come of Nazareth? Nazareth is this tiny little town um, that, you know, no one had ever heard of, really. I mean, they knew it was like up the road, but just this little village. So when I was a kid, my uh, grandparents lived in Lakeland, Florida. And so we, were, we lived down here in South Florida. So if we were visiting my grandparents, we would take uh, the turnpike north until we got to this one intersection. We'd get off the turnpike and we would go west over to Lakeland. And the name of that intersection is Yeehaw Junction. 
that's true, there is a spot in our great state of Florida called Yeehaw Junction. It is very small little spot, okay? Now, look, if you're watching this and you're from Yeehaw Junction, we've got nothing, of, nothing but love for you, okay? Nothing against you, but if someone were to tell me, hey, the next great world leader is here and he's from Yeehaw Junction, okay? I'd struggle with that a little bit. I'm just going to be honest. I'd struggle with that. This is what Philip says to, to Nathaniel. He's from Nazareth. He's like, really, Nazareth? And I love how Philip answers him. <laughs> You're just going to have to come see, man. Why? Because Philip probably has the same question himself. I don't know. I just know you have to come and see this guy. Look what he says next. This is verse 47. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming towards him. So, Nathanael goes with Philip to see Jesus. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are, you're the son of God. You are the king of Israel. All right, now, man, this just, <laughs> this just shows you the brilliance of Jesus. Nathaniel goes from skeptic to like all out worshiping God in the flesh in two sentences, okay? That is powerful set of two sentences, okay? But there's, there's a lot of depth here in just two sentences. Only, I mean, only Jesus could do this. So Nathaniel comes up to him and Jesus' first words to him were, ah, an Israelite. So someone of the, uh, a son of Israel in whom there is no deceit at all. There's no treachery. There's no cunning. You're not a, a schemer, a planner. You don't, you're not a con man. You got a pure heart. A son of Israel that's got no deceit in him. And Nathaniel's like, okay, I mean, you could just say that. I mean, how do you know? Now, notice he doesn't walk away because it's true. He's not like, okay, you don't know me because I'm a con man. You know, he doesn't say that. It's obviously true of Nathaniel, but he's not convinced. Yeah, you could just say that, Jesus. How do you know me? And not only does Jesus know that about his heart, but then he says this. He says, yeah, because um, remember when you were sitting under that tree? It was a fig tree, wasn't it? And Philip came and got you. I saw you there under the fig tree. See, Jesus has miraculous knowledge of where Nathaniel was. He saw him. See, really, Philip didn't just come and find Nathanael. Jesus saw him there. This has been arranged by Jesus. And at that moment, Nathanael says, I mean, he's convinced this guy has miraculous knowledge, but still, I mean, how did he go from like, I don't know, Nazareth sounds fishy to son of God, king of Israel. Like how did he make that jump? Because there's a whole nother layer here in these two phrases that point to just the unbelievable nature of who this man is. This is not just a prophet. This is not just a prophet with miraculous knowledge. This has to be the son of God. How is that from these two sentences? Well, there's another layer. It's not just about Nathaniel. When he says, here's an Israelite in whom there's no deceit. What he's doing is he's, he's alluding to a chapter in the Old Testament, Genesis 27, to a guy named Jacob. Jacob is the one who got, gets renamed Israel. 
That's why they're all named Israel because Jacob is renamed Israel. He has 12 sons. They become the 12 tribes of Israel. So this man, Israel, remember the guy, he's got this craving in his heart. He's just clawing and, and craving. Well, what he does is he actually deceives his, his older brother to get the blessing that the firstborn deserves from his father. He deceives his older brother. His older brother is furious. And he says in Genesis 27, my brother is a deceiver. So Israel is a deceiver, this man. So then Jesus starts by saying, ah, here's a son of Israel who's not a deceiver. Okay, Genesis 27, hang on to that for a second. Then he says, he says, okay, maybe you know about me. Then he says, under the fig tree, I saw you. Now, that phrase, under the fig tree, yes, that's talking about literally where Nathaniel was sitting, but there's a whole other meaning there. That is an actual phrase used throughout the entire Old Testament. For starters, you come across it in uh, the book of Kings, 1 Kings, when Solomon is reigning and he's creating this incredible empire. They're thriving economically. They're, they have peace all around them. And to talk about how much they're thriving, there's this incredible shalom. It's what, every, it's what Israel was supposed to be like. It's what every nation and empire wants to be like. They have peace, they have prosperity. And the way they described it is it says, Israel had peace all around them and everyone lived under their own vine, under their own fig tree. In other words, everyone had everything they needed. Everyone had their, they, they were supplied all their needs in abundance. Everyone sat under their own fig tree. A little later in the book of, a couple hundred years later in the book of Micah, it says that one day the Messiah will come and everyone will live under their own vine and under their own fig tree. So even though Israel did not thrive again after Solomon the way it did in Solomon's day, the promise was the Messiah will bring that kind of thriving and everyone will sit under their own fig tree. And then a couple hundred years after that, it changes. In the book of Zechariah, it says that when the Messiah comes, he will invite them under his fig tree. Okay, so watch this. Nathaniel is coming to Jesus. And his question is, are you the Messiah? He reveals to him that he has miraculous knowledge of him. But then Nathaniel realizes that the setting that he was in under a fig tree was a setup to answer his question of, are you the Messiah? He's like, wow, it's not just that you know I was under the fig tree. You wanted me, you prepared for me to be under the fig tree because you're going to use that language to answer that you are the Messiah. You're not just taking that and turning that into an illustration. You miraculously arranged and put me under a fig tree to reveal who you are. You're not just a prophet. Only God could arrange the details of my life to be under a fig tree to answer my question. You are the Messiah. And just at this moment, this is the moment when Jesus is going to call Nathaniel to be his follower. So he's calling Nathaniel out from under his fig tree to come follow after him. So where is he taking, I mean, Nathaniel seems like he's doing fine in life. Where is Jesus taking Nathaniel? What's his fig tree, so to speak? What's Jesus's thriving that he's gonna take Nathaniel to? Nathaniel realizes this isn't a prophet. He's arranged the setting of my life. He put me under a fig tree so he could use that to answer the question I didn't even have yet. This is the son of God. So what's the fig tree that Jesus is calling him to? Let's pick it up in verse 50. 
Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and angels, the angels of God, ascending and descending on the son of man. Wait a minute, what does that sound like? I feel like I just heard that recently, ascending and descending down the son of man. What is Jesus referring to? He's calling his mind back to a part of the Old Testament. The, it's the dream that, it's the dream that Jacob had. Dream of the latter. So wait a minute, just a minute ago, he said, you're from Israel. You're, you're a descendant of Israel who's not deceitful. That is Genesis 27, plants that seed in his mind. And then he goes to illusion in Genesis 28, the very next chapter. And he's saying, remember that dream? He says, you'll see angels ascending and descending on me. I'm the ladder. I'm the way up to heaven. I'm the portal to which you get to heaven. I'm the portal. I'm the gate to get where you're trying to go. You want thriving? What is Jesus inviting him to? What's his fig tree? What's his domain? What's his house? He's inviting him. I am the way you get to heaven. He's inviting Nathaniel to himself. Jesus is the ladder that he's wanting to save Nathaniel from. So I want you to just look at this text for a second. I mean, all the descriptors of Jesus are just, it's incredible. It's, I mean, he's the, he's the promised one, the one they've been waiting for. He, he's the, the one that the, the law and the prophets have been pointing towards. He's, he's an actual human being, but he's humble. He's from Nazareth. He's the, he's the son of God. He's the, he's the great rabbi. He's, the, he, he's the, uh, the king of all Israel. He calls himself the son of man, the representative of mankind. I mean, this is the incredible one that they have been waiting for, God in the flesh, and they have finally found him. The one that all of history has been pointing towards this person, Jesus, the great rescuer that has been promised for all of humanity. And they found him. Yeah, but actually what this says is that he found them. See, that's how amazing Jesus is. He comes and he finds us. You know, um, we all have these ladders that we're trying to climb up to get whatever it is that, that we're after. Like we all have these ladders, you know, maybe it's success, the, the climb the ladder. We even use that as an illustration, you know, maybe it's financial ladder, a social ladder, you know, maybe it's a number of, man, if I just get a certain number of likes on social media, I'd never say it out loud, but is that really what's operating in the back of my mind? You know, if I just get this amount of, of notoriety, if I could just find that special someone in my life, if I could just find those friendships, if I could just find that romantic relationship, if I could just get this. It's a ladder we're trying to climb to get what our soul is craving for. And what Jesus says is he is the ladder. So I was thinking about this um, this Jacob's ladder, and um, I was reminded of this trick that my my sister used to do. Um, you know, with the Jacob's ladder. Uh, Jamie, I'm gonna need your help here. So, can you gra grab yourself? Because I don't think you're gonna be able to see this. So, Jamie, I want you to to, to videotape this here. Okay. So, um, like she would take this this coin, okay, and she would put it right, you know, right there on the on the Jacob's ladder, and um, she would close it up and you open it. See, there's the coin, and then she'd go like this. Boom. 
It's gone, Jamie. Are you, are you, is your mind blown, Jamie? His mind is blown. Okay. And then she'd go like this and it'd come back and see there's, there's the coin right there. It's right there. But she would make it disappear. It was an illusion. And I'm so glad that trick worked because there's a good 85% chance I was going to blow it. But I, I think I got it there. Okay. And um, she would do that, that trick. And uh, here's why I wanted to remind you of that because we're so often trying to climb that ladder. And if we think if, man, if I just can get to the top, if I can just get to the top of my industry, if I can just get to the top of, of where I want to be financially, if I can get just, if I can just achieve that one thing, then I will finally find what my soul is craving. But that ladder is an illusion because once you get it, your soul will still be empty. Your soul was made for one ladder. It's the person of Jesus. That's what you need. You know, we look at this text. You're, you're watching this. You're maybe one of two different people that's watching this today. You're, you're, maybe you're the Philip. You've been found um, by Jesus. And in your heart right now, you know, like, look, I, I know I've, I've been found by Jesus. I'm following Jesus. And, but man, in my heart right now, there's just this constant, this clawing, this urgency. And I, I just, I, I'm just at, I'm just restless And so, man, here's what I want to challenge you. Man, just be reminded today that all that that you're pursuing after, what you really need is Jesus. That's the only, that's the only answer. And so whatever it is you're clawing and climbing after, man, just redirect your thoughts to the person of Jesus. But the best way to do that when you've been found by Jesus, is go find someone that you need to introduce Jesus to. Um, a good friend of mine, uh, John Lash, his uh, pastor of Greenhouse Church, he put it like this to me recently, and I just loved this. He said it like this, you never get more of Jesus than when you're giving him away. You need to be reminded of who Jesus is, how he's the one you need in your life. You never get more of Jesus than when you're giving him away. So, If you've been found by Jesus, you know what he's calling you to when you're following him? To go find others that need to find Jesus. Say, look, I I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know how to tell someone about Jesus. I don't don't know all the answers to the questions they're they're gonna ask. Then you're just like Philip. What did Philip say? Yeah, I don't know about Nazareth. That was a little weird to me too. You just have to come and see. You just have to experience him. That's, That's the only thing. Just say, hey, come and experience this. So here's what I want you to do. What I want you to do this week, I want you to consider doing this. This week, I want you to take this message. We're talking about this passage that talks about Jesus. It's what we've all been waiting for deep in our souls. And I want you to consider, I want you just to share it with someone that's on your heart, someone you love. Maybe if you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube, it's easy. Just click the button, you share it with a friend or share it with all your friends. Share it with someone. Maybe send them a text message. Maybe you go on a the City Rev app and you go under messages, you find this, you can share it directly with a friend and maybe just say, hey, I, I was just thinking about you and I love you and man, Jesus really impacted me. I, I just want to share that with you. Watch what that does as it draws you back to the person who satisfies your soul because there's someone else who's seeking and Jesus wants to find that person. But some of you are Nathaniel's and maybe you're actually watching this because someone forwarded it to you. Well, here's what that means. That's like a lot of courage and a lot of guts from that friend. But here's what it means. They have nothing to gain from sending this to you. They're just sending it to you because they love you. And they found Jesus. 
and they're not perfect and they know you're not perfect, but they know that Jesus loves them and loves you. And they just want you to say, like, just come and see you. I've just, there's, Jesus, the person has just changed everything in my life. And I just want you to know about that. And that's why they shared that with you. And so here's what I think is happening. I think for many of you, you're just like Nathaniel. And, and maybe, I don't know what happened in your week this week. I don't know what prayers you've been offering up to Jesus this week. Maybe it's the first time you've said a prayer ever or the first time you've said a prayer in a long time and you're, you're saying, Jesus, I, if you're real, show yourself to me. I don't know what he's worked out in the last 24 hours, last 48 hours, last season of your life, but maybe you're realizing, Jesus, you've been arranging this moment because this is the moment not where you're finding Jesus. This is the moment where Jesus is finding you. So follow him. He's what your soul is, is longing for. It's a person that divided history. It's what all of creation is urgently longing for and he has come to find you. He's arranged this moment in your life. Just follow him. And I wanna give you a, a, an opportunity to do that today. Just, it starts with just a simple prayer of surrender where you say, you're my king, you're, you're, you're God. I, I, I believe you were striped and pierced to pay for my sin. I believe you died on the cross. I believe that you, you rose again. Just even like the Old Testament said would happen. I believe all of that. And so today, maybe God has been arranging this moment. Maybe for you today, you say, look, I, I'm not sure if I'm there yet. Well, then maybe be willing to pray a dangerous prayer. Say, Jesus, if you're arranging this moment, would you show me this week? Would you show me? Open in to just ask him to make this real. Because he, because I've walked with Jesus now for, for many years. And what I know of Jesus is he's going to come find you. Some of you are being found by Jesus right now. And if you're ready to just say yes and follow Jesus, let me lead you in a simple prayer. Would you just bow your head wherever you're at? You might be listening to this on a podcast running. You might be uh, listening to this in your car. You might be listening to this on your couch, at your desk, wherever you're at, just stop. Jesus found you right there. That's your fig tree. He found you. And he's calling you to himself. Just right there in this moment, just pray this simple prayer. Just bow your head and just make this your prayer to Jesus, because he hears you. Just repeat these words after me. Say, Jesus, I surrender. Jesus, you found me. I will follow you wherever you take me. I surrender. You're my king. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, that was step one. And you just got reconnected with what your soul is longing for. So here's what I want to ask you to do. Here's step two, just very simple. We want to give you a Bible. We want to send you wherever you're at a Bible so you can continue on this journey of following Jesus. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to cityrev.org slash faith. You can just click that right on your screen. It's probably in the chat or comments. Go to cityrev.org slash faith. It's just gonna ask you a couple questions so we know where to send a Bible to. We wanna get that to you. We wanna do that this week. So would you just take a moment, would you click that? Thanks for listening. For more resources and to check out other teaching series, please visit our website at cityrev.org. If you would like to speak to somebody about beginning a relationship with Jesus or ask any questions you have about this teaching, you can email us at podcast at cityrev.org.